Hello, what's up guys? It's your boy Fenyo, this is the Early Plane Podcast. And we're here to do, to just do a, a quick recap of UFC Fight Night Fisier versus Gamrot. It was alright, I guess. We talk about fights, obviously, that's that's why we're here for. Mm, I mean, let's just get into the, the main event, really. Not much else to say. Um, so, yeah... Uh, Going into this fight, we were expecting, a lot of us were expecting um, Fisiev to uh, take down defense to hold up early. So the interesting thing was to see if it was going to hold up into the later rounds. Um, Gambrot, obviously, very good cardio and the chain wrestling can get exhausting. And, and he he starts finding openings late in fights. problem with Gambrot is that he's kind of a low low damage fighter. Um, doesn't really, he has some good ideas on the feet, he finds openings, but he doesn't like take over in the striking, so he, he really needs to get to the chain wrestling stuff, and he's not super controlling, uh, so, so he goes for big strikes in transitions, but uh, he really needs to get like the the long scrambles going to find those openings. Um, so the fight begins, and Fisiev is like, Trying to find his range, obviously he doesn't want to get too close to Gamrot, so he's trying to kick. Uh, to his credit, he was uh, getting some decent body kicks going, like a lot of them blocked, but they still have an effect of landing a few leg kicks. And then finding a few spots for good hooks here and there. Gamrot was doing good stuff with, uh, with the straight shots, as he usually does. Uh, one good stuff that Gamrot was doing in this fight that... It was pointed out by Dominic Cruz on the commentary, so gotta give props to Dom there. Is that Gamrod was landing the was landing the straight shots just as Fisier was uh, changing stances in front of him. So that was a good adjustment. Uh, probably something that they studied in camp. Uh, the biggest moment of the first round came as uh, Gamrod threw the the jab. Fisiev sleeps, goes uh, two shots to the to the body, or three, I think. It was a very quick combination. Uh, Fisiev also landed a very big leg kick on the first round. Uh, Gamrot still managed to put some straight shots to good use here and there. And they got into a few scrambles. Uh, Gamrot elevated the leg over the head of Fisiev. Fisiev obviously very flexible. Um, Fisiev managed to get his leg out of that position avoiding a, like a mat wrestling exchange there. Um, and then they had another exchange uh, that they ended up there, the round of scrambling. So if you see it, like looking good, but you don't know how the how the takedown defense is going to hold them in the long run, you know? Well, second round comes, they still having like kind of the same fight. It feels like Fisiev is starting to get some looks on, on Gambrot. Uh, Gamrot a lot more insistent in the wrestling in the second round. Um, Gamrot gets a takedown. Fisiev uh, books goods his way to the cage. Uh, Fisiev good, good, uh, good wrestling against the cage uh, by Fisiev. Honestly, um, he got a like the 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 arm over the head like an a front headlock, uh, while Gamrot was trying to work on his other hand. And uh, he managed to uh, use his uh, strong hips to take an angle and get back to the center of the cage. Just as they disengage from that scramble, Fisiv kicks uh, with the 
with his right leg against uh, Sirkin Gambrot and he injures his left knee. So, so yeah, I mean, very unfortunate. Um, some people saying like it's to the credit of Gambrot because of the scrambles, and but probably I think this is a this is not obviously not a replicable um, a replicable result, but obviously it's uh, a legit win for Gambrot even. An asterisk, obviously, because you would not expect him to win like this way every every time. But like you get injured in a fight, you lose the fight. It's it's obvious. Some people are saying like this should be an arm contest. That's is nonsense. It's a fucking fight. You get injured during a fight and you get your ass beat. <laughs> it's it's that simple. The the only thing, the only exceptions we make are for illegal strikes. You know, uh, if a legal strike uh, ends the the fight, that's a no contest because it was something outside the rule set that allowed the finish. Uh, I think some people don't understand like the philosophy behind the rolling in MMA. So yeah, I mean, you get injured, you lose the fight. It's that simple. It's uh, an actual win for Gambrot. You, you gotta count it as so, even though it's very weird circumstances that cannot be replicated most likely. So yeah, it sucks for Fisiv, I, I hope uh, the injury is not super bad and he can be back in action soon. For Gamrod, what's next? Some people are saying loser of Oliveira versus Islam. Nah, sh that should be fine. A re rematch with Arman for a title shot, I would be fine too, to be honest. Either that or it's Gamrod versus KG for a title shot. Or maybe Chandler. Against Chandler, not for a title shot, for sure, but... Maybe against Gagey, Gagey coming off the big win against Dustin. Um, that could that could work for a title eliminator. Uh, Gambrot pro probably is doing fine after this, so he, I hope he gets back in action soon. I just I just don't I just hope we don't have to wait like six months to see Gambrot again again in the cage. But yeah, interesting to see, especially how he matches up with. Um, with some other of the, I think he f he faced a very very bad matchups in Sarukian and Ariush already. Uh, Sarukian was very competitive. I think Sarukian won the fight, but Gambrot got the decision. A bad decision, to be honest. Uh, not very defensible win for Gambrot at all. I also think Gambrot lost to Jalen Turner very convincingly. So so yeah, I mean a lot of. A lot of like question marks, but Gamrod I think matches up interestingly against the top. I would not pick him against either Oliveira or Islam to be honest, but I think both are like intriguing fights. Gamrod presents interesting challenges um, for both actually. I would be, I think Islam uh, would probably be like the better striker against Gamrod. Um, and I don't know. Uh, Islam probably has a hard time uh, wrestling Gamrod, and Gamrod likes to get into a lot of scrambles too, so it could be a, a good fight. I would have to favor Islam there uh, versus Oliveira. Oliveira, very dangerous on the feet, would have a big edge on the feet against uh, Mateusz, I would, th I would think. But um, yeah, Gamrod can just like go aggressive with the wrestling, keep safe from the front headlock, especially with the, with the low singles and that kind of stuff. And what happens if he gets on top? Like oh, Oliveira is very good at being disruptive with with the butterfly uh, guard, uh, using 
using some uh, submission attempts to create space and push hard with the up kicks, uh, pushing off the hips. Um, but also, like we've seen him like stay and play guard, and that's something that we haven't seen much of Gambrot like staying on top of someone trying to play guard. Maybe he's good at that. I'm not sure, but either way, like. I don't think Gambrot is like the best lightweight in the world, but he has interesting matchups against both guys fighting for the title next. So that's that's something to keep in mind. The co-main event was Bryce Mitchell against Dan Ige, uh, a decision I do not agree. I think I think Dan Ige had more damage in rounds one and two here. Uh, Mitchell did not do a lot from top position. Uh, Ige not not a great showing from from Ige in the in the sense of the striking, I think he was like super concerned about the takedown. I mean, for good reasons, Bryce Mitchell, um, dangerous chain wrestler. If he gets like to to a body lock or something, it's hard to shrug off. If you get like, if you get like a clean defense of the first layer, you can shut down Bryce Mitchell for sure. But if you allow him to get going, uh, he can be tricky. Uh, I think Danielle could have gone more to the body for sure on this one. Uh, the switching offense wasn't working that well, but he still was catching Bryce with the left hook. Left hook to the body, even though Bryce Mitchell is a southpaw, could have done wonders for you here. Uh, for Mitchell, I mean, his, his grappling overall is very, very good. Uh, but the takedowns are, are interesting. Like uh, Sometimes he'll look very hopeless here, shooting and getting shot down by Ige. Uh, but then he, as I said, when he gets the body lock, the first takedown I was, I, I thought it was very interesting. Uh, he had a body lock from the back. He was isolating the leg of Ige, elevating him with a with a hook with one of his legs. So both guys were on just on one leg, and Mitchell like swamped to the front while he was taking an angle on that isolated leg, and he completed the takedown like that. So it was uh, an interesting like. Mitchell is not. Not super solid fundamentally as a wrestler, but he has a lot of tricks, and he is he goes very hard for takedowns. He can, he has some physicality and athleticism going on, so um, and yeah, and he has he also has like good timing for some uh, takedowns as well. He he can look bad, uh, especially shooting for the legs. I don't think he's a specialty only unless he gets like a super clean double leg like he did against. Um, Against uh, oh the guy fighting for the probably fighting for the title, uh, Topuria. Against Topuria, he got a super super clean double leg off a leg kick. I think, uh, yeah, those can be look good. But here he was like dropping uh, for a low single a few times, and Danny was shutting that down. But uh, I understand why though Mitchell likes the low single. Like he can climb the leg and start working his stuff, especially to get to a body lock and isolate a leg, as I said. He also has a very good like outside trip from body lock, so yeah, Mitchell, it's a an interesting wrestler, but yeah, he's still very dangerous for a lot of that division. Um, he matches up pretty badly with some guys at the top, I think. Um, Topurias, are we already saw. Um, maybe he might have a shot against uh, Emmet. I'm not sure, but other than that, like yeah, Holloway and and. Holloway and Volkanovski are like, would totally watch Mitchell, I feel. Uh, before that, we have a rematch between Ma Marina Rodriguez and Mitchell Watterson. Uh, I thought uh, the UFC was trying to get Watterson a win here. Uh, Marina looking a, a bit lost here, but it was like 
way less competitive than the first one. Marina just butchered Warson on the in the clinch. Uh, Marina always had a bit of a uh, cool clinch game, and uh, not like super layer, but she she makes good use of her frame. Um, when Warson was trying to get like to a body lock position in the clinch, she was using the cross face, uh, super hard, uh, creating distance with the cross face to find the elbows. And when when the the distance was uh, like established with the cross face. And Warson was trying to close the distance, she would catch uh, double collar ties. And from double collar ties, Marina's pretty good at um, not only like just grabbing the like the, the more tight clinch and going throwing the knees, uh, she does a lot of like taking angles with the collar ties. I, I mean, with the arms, not with the with the feet, uh, to manipulate the posture. And then from those uh, new postures, like if she if she gets the head down, she can go with knees to the head. Uh, open up the body to the side and attacks with knees. Uh, Marina also has like very good knee technique. Uh, that's uh, one thing that I think a lot of MMA fighters lack is uh, is like uh, good technique uh, attacking with impactful knees inside the clinch. And, and I talk about this a bit later about something else <laughs> at the end, so watch out. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, Marina has good like uh, circular, circular outside knees, and also her front knees are like super strong, impact very well. Uh, this fight got into like a carnage very soon. Uh, the elbows and the knees was she she destroyed at first like Michelle to the body with a very hard knee. From there, the fight was not the same. Then she opened up a huge cut with with an elbow. Uh, most of the first round was Michelle Watterson like covering up, uh, circling on the outside, looking hurt. I think it could have been stopped a few times there. Uh, an argument, very strong argument for a 10-7 round there. Uh, I was I was expecting, I mean, I was not expecting, but they should have stopped. Uh, if the referee was not going to stop it, the corner should have stopped. But that's Winkle John, you know, he's not going to stop the fight. They came out in the second round. Marina, uh, Marina like tiles it back a little bit. She's still like landing damage, but a lot less intense. Uh, maybe uh, worried about the cardio. Maybe even feeling bad about Waterstone because she was kicking her ass so bad. Uh, the end of the fight comes as uh, Waterstone. Marina has double collar ties. Well. Yeah, Warson tries to close the distance, but she just like uh, pulls forward with just the hips. So Marina just lands on top mount, uh, lands a few elbows, and the fight gets started. It was, it was horrifying to be honest. <laughs> Very good win for Marina. Happy for her. I like Marina. Um, but yeah, I mean for Warson, I mean it's it's the end for Warson as a ranked fighter. I would say, I hope they do not match her against the top of the division anymore if she wants to keep fighting. Um, and the the record for Warzone's looking kind of bad right now, like 18-12 for a fighter that was at one moment was like legit elite for the division, but she, she's been fighting for a long while, and and also like she's not big for the division. Uh, if we remember Warzone, Warzone, I'm pretty sure she used to fight at at one of five in Invicta, and it's interesting because. Um, I think Carla Sparza is like maybe smaller than Watterson and she never fought at, at atom weight. She she fought her whole career at strawweight, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, I mean, yeah, Watterson getting up in age. 
uh, getting a lot of damage in a lot of fights. Uh, she's very, very tough. Uh, I, I would never deny the toughness of Mitchell Watterson, but she doesn't have the potent offensive to get back into these like hard fights anymore, I, I would say, especially because she's been relying so much on the grappling and she's a good grappler, but she doesn't have like the the physical, the physicality to to get into the wrestling because she's not a very technical wrestler, as opposed to Carla Sparza that's actually like a good wrestler, and she can still like get takedowns and seems to be more physical, uh, despite being as small as Watson. Before that, Brian Battle fought AJ Fletcher, very meh fight. Uh, Fletcher was uh, out voluming Brian Battle. He he hurt him with a with an elbow of a clinch break, I think, at one point, and. And then Fletcher like shoot a bad takedown. Brian Battle stays in top position, and Battle is it's very solid from top. Uh, good grappling by Battle. He was battering from the half guard. Uh, gave an opening to Fletcher to turtle. Took the back, rear naked choke. Fletcher did not fight hands. And yeah, I mean Fletcher. Uh, if he, I I'm not sure how much he weighs, but he's he looks super small. Like uh, like frame wise next to all the welterweights. Obviously he's a thick dude. He's big, but. But I think if he can drop to 155, uh, he should do it. Uh, battle on the other side, I think, um, looks solid. I mean, I'm not like super impressed. I think he has flaws in, especially in the takedown defense and in the striking. And he relies a lot in the striking. He's a lot of single shot kicks from long distance. Uh, he can bang on the pocket, but he doesn't have a lot of uh, like an actual boxing game. But but yeah, I mean, it would be interesting to see Brian Battle against like a higher level of opposition. Uh, obviously, the, the only loss he has at, at the weight class at the weight class was against uh, Renat Fakredinov. And like, I'm not super high on Renat, but it was like a super bad matchup. He got wrestled, and he didn't uh, battle. They really did not absorb mad damage at all in that fight. So, so yeah, it's interesting to see what's next for Battle. Uh, he's ready for for a ranked opponent, I would say. Before that, we have Charles Jordan against Ricardo Hamos. Um, not a lot of striking. They got into like a one crazy scramble of a uh, Hamos uh, takedown attempt. Jordan goes for the guillotine, uh, stands up for what I know now that is octopus guard. Um, but yeah, it's like a sit up from half guard. You you sit up like driving the waist. Uh, obviously, it's a whole system, but that's the that's the movement uh, that Jordan used at that time. Um, and then Ricardo reshoots from his knees. Uh, Jordan catches uh, an arm in guillotine. Uh, when Hamas gets to the floor, it looks like he might, he, he's going to get up, but as he's supposed to ring up, like Jordan just catches the, the neck in fully and gets the submission. Uh, Jordan calls out Cobb Swanson after this fight. Um, I'm not sure, I think. Cobb a little bit too old to fighting guys like Jordan. I mean, Cobb had a good fight against Hakim, so maybe, why not? Um, yeah, Cobb Swanson, a fellow uh, octopus guard enjoyer, especially, um, obviously I'm not very educated when it comes to like the, this uh, sport jiu-jitsu positions. Obviously I recognize them, and th these positions also happen in wrestling a lot, so... But yeah, I mean, Cobb... Uh, a lot of like front headlock from the full guard and from the half guard, uh, a lot of like the octopus guard stuff. He also, Kufsanson also had like a very, very cool back take from octopus guard against Hakim Dawadu at the end of the third round in their fight. So, so yeah, I mean, 
I'm, I'm guessing Jordan versus Kov is a good fight. Uh, I, ju I just want Kov to get easy fights at this stage because I'm a big fan and I just want to see him win. But he looked very good against Hakim, so it's not a watch for Jordan if that ha fight happens. Mal Jones and Dan Argueta had a mess of a fight, to be honest, like Argueta was was very messy, uh, good for Mal Jones. Um, not much to say about this fight, better to talk about Team Means versus Andre Fialio because Means here look phenomenal, man. Um, Means is right, uh, straight left to the body, uh, Fialio started to fight, to fight hands to get like the read on the straight left. And that's where Min would throw the snack kick to the body instead. So he was like work cooking the body from early on. Um, when Fialios was trying like his leaping left hook, his signature shot, uh, Min's, despite being very tall, was doing a very good job of getting under him and grabbing body locks. Uh, physicality for Fialio was not really allowing Min's to get the takedowns, but it was a good safety blanket. Um, Mince was also like always heading uh, Fialio to the to the left hand and the left kick. So when Fialio started signaling to his left, that it's Mince right, uh, Mince would throw the the right hook and the outside leg kick to intercept his movement. Uh, when they get into like uh, clinches or uh, dirty boxing exchanges, he would throw like his hooks and uppercuts to the body that are very like a signature thing for him. Um, especially like from a bicep control, he was bang like short uppercuts to the body, and then he would use like head positioning to stand him up in the clinch. Um, and knees from the outside collar ties. Uh, very cool sequence that I post a clip of on Twitter. Uh, he grabbed uh, double collar ties. He from from the outside like uh, Fialio had uh, collar ties of his own on the inside. He was landing like big knees, but realized like Fialio was like too too close in his guard. He pushes him to stand him up, lands an elbow up top, and then goes to the body like super cool stuff, like very crafty. Uh, <laughs> at, at one moment, he also like gets a takedown or drops. I ah, know he drops uh, Fialio with timing a knee of a level change against the cage. Uh, he landed a knee stomp to the body, like super like. Very mean stuff. I mean, we you love to see that by by team means, and the the, the finish was beautiful. Um, so he's like fighting hands very aggressively. Fialio circles to his right. That's team uh, team means left. He throws like a super hard uh, left uh, high kick. Uh, Fialio has the guard up, but he still gets badly rocked. Means uh, gets in, into his face. Uh, obviously, like faints with the left hand. Fialio goes to, to circle to his left. Team means intercepts him with the, with the right hook, throws the, the straight left across his body like Conor McGregor style with a, dis, with a disadvantage uh, angle and bang, uh, just rocks him. They go to the, against the cage. Team means lands a knee to the head from standing, goes to the body, like everything was crazy. Like I love this finish. I highly recommend this performance. It's not like Team Means had a lot of upside going on from right now, but he's such a good fighter to to watch, and you can learn so much stuff from Team Means. So very happy for that performance. It was great. Uh, what else happened in this card? Uh, Jacob Malcolm versus Cody Brondash had a fight. Um, Brondash goes aggressive for the for the takedown very early in the fight. Malcolm does uh, a good job of like. 
Uh, and Makun does this a lot, like a pendulum from the deep half. And this, uh, at this time, he he got to a leg and got got under uh, Brundage. And so yeah, he does like the pendulum swing, uh, gets into the single leg, pushes against the cage, and then he completes. Uh, Makun has a beautiful single leg takedown. He just runs the pipe super clean, and he was like using a right and the half Nelson to break the posture of. Uh, Brondage at all. He was trying to find stuff, but Brondage was um, like gaming the system a little bit, not 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 throwing shade out. Like obviously it's inside the rules, you can do that. But like just exposing the, the back of his head and co covering up his uh, the side of his head. Um, the referee was warning uh, Malkun a lot about the strikes, but all, uh, to be honest, like he didn't have much much else to land strikes. Uh, the end of the fight comes as the Makun has on a like single leg right th thing going on on the ground. He goes for an elbow uh, for what it's like on uh, the side of Brundage's uh, head. Brundage like turns to his side and Makun lands with the forearm to the back of the... That's with like with the forearm to the neck uh, in the back obviously. Kind of an illegal shot but the, they get separation, Mark Smith separ separates the fighters, ask uh, Brundage if he's okay, Brundage says no, he's not okay. And yeah, they, they disqualify Malkoon. I do not think that was an illegal shot. Uh, the intention of the shot was clearly to land to the side of the head. Uh, I don't think the, the intensity of the shot, I'm not... Not calling out Brundage here, by the way, just saying to me it looks like the, the intensity of the shot um, was war was enough to stop the fight. Um, but yeah, I mean, Brundage took the easy win, I think, in my opinion. Um, maybe I'm wrong, maybe he was like super hurt by that forearm smash to the to the neck. You never know, to be honest. I, I'm not, I wasn't there in the fight getting hit, so I'm just saying what I'm appreciating from the outside. I think Brondesh took the win, an easy win, and I cannot blame the guy. The UFC fighters are already getting paid bad, badly, and if you lose, you get like half of your purse taken away from you. And Brondesh is coming off a losing streak, probably in the pressure of losing his job here. So yeah, I mean, I cannot blame the guy. It's just the I blame the referee here. It sucks that Matkun has to take a. A loss here but hopefully the UFC doesn't treat it as a loss it, it was very clear that the, the fight was like trending big time in Malcolm's direction he was going to dominate Brundage in what Brundage wanted to do so, so yeah it is whatever Mohamed Usman versus Jay Collier was was bad Collier won the, the first round pretty big now second round comes they were being like competitive uh, Usman gets a super bad, super bad eye poke, uh, very bad, and and I think uh, referee should have taken a point here. Like I don't care if it is if it is not intentional. An eye poke has a, a bad eye poke has such a big impact on a fight. Like you you gotta make up for the guy getting eye poked uh, because he's fighting pretty much handicapped for the rest of the fight, and also the guy that makes commits the foul gets a little break. Uh, way of a better break than the guy that get, gets eye because he's worried about the eye They are not breathing well. They are worried that they might stop the fight. They are in a lot of in a lot of pain, so they cannot like regulate their their breathing. Uh, they probably the adrenaline is going super high. 
The guy that commits the IPOC like just goes to a neutral corner, takes a breather, enjoys that he gets to keep fighting against a guy that is compromised. So I think, yeah, you should take a point for sure here. Not saying this because I'm salty that Collier lost. Like, it's the losing this one is not on the IPOC, it's on Collier because he gets tired, he doesn't doesn't go to the well enough to the things that he does that he that we're working and Usman as bad as he looked um he kept doing the thing that was working so yeah oh, that's all right neither of these guys are really heavyweights to be honest like Muhammad Usman is not very lean and he's super muscle and he still only comes at like 232 but I think he has like the power and uh, the strength to to be a heavyweight to be honest and his game would not translate very well against uh, two of fivers. Uh, Jake Collier, on the other hand, he needs to he needs to get it together, man. Um, he's probably getting cut right now, so probably not getting it together, but... But, yeah, I mean, Jake Collier, even as a light heavyweight, he would have a lot of a bird shot. Uh, he gets tired because he's carrying so much mass that is not muscle around. Uh, people say a lot, talk a lot about how all oh, heavy muscles tire you, but at least they are helping you move. Like, carrying that much fat, it's just a burden on you. I know that we've seen a lot of like uh, fat fighters be successful, uh, but let's be honest. Like, uh, except for Cormier, a few times at heavyweight uh, late in his career when he he actually showed up super fat. Um, Cormier and his prime at heavyweight, Fedor, his prime at heavyweight, they were not like fat guys. I mean, they were obviously carrying a, a good amount of body fat percentage but but they were like super heavy muscle uh collier looks like moves around well looks strong at heavyweight the problem is that he doesn't have the cardio and and you can tell like he's like missing a bit of mobility especially when they go to the he ends up on bottom position because he used to be a, like a good bjj guy when he was a middleweight so yeah i mean hopefully collier can put it together uh, probably getting caught so so yeah, I mean, just wishing the best to the guy. I think he, there's a good fire there in Jake Collier somewhere. Uh, Mizuki Inoue came back after like three years, I think, to fight Hannah Goldie. Hannah Goldie here looking fucking huge at 115. Uh, Mizuki clinching a lot with the big girl here. And, and having a lot of success, landing some good knees, uh, strong knees with good technique. But she made a few mistakes, like going for some takedowns. Goldie ended up on top position in the second round, I think. But yeah, I mean, the, uh, Mizuki did not get very going with the boxing. That is like the thing that uh, old school fans of Mizuki we we, we like from her. Uh, obviously, she has like good grappling. Uh, her brother that had uh, only two fights in the UFC and he was pretty good, but he was a very good grappler. So, yeah. Opening fight between Montserrat Rendon and Tamires Vidal was awful. I'm not going to talk about that one. It was pretty bad. And yeah, that's it. Um, that was the event. We do not have events for this week. Uh, we have Contender Series. We have some other stuff. We have Contender Series today. Uh, I don't know anything about this guy. I, I honestly like to, to watch Contender Series blind. So I don't... There are some people doing like very cool. Like... Um, like... Uh, like previews for contender series on Twitter, and and honestly, I try to avoid avoid those because I join watching like blind. Uh, there's a one in at in Friday, and there's LFA Friday too. 
Uh, yeah, but uh, next week we have um, we have Grant Dawson versus Bobby Green, uh, UFC Fight Night. So that's interesting. But we'll talk about that next week. Uh, talking about the knees and clinch and that kind of stuff. Uh, the first of my commissions is out. I made a video about uh, Weirapon against Lang Swan. Uh, very uh, fight from the golden era of Muay Thai. So I explain uh, the, uh, the tactics that that Weirapon uh, used against Lang Suan to to control the clinch, uh, disrupt his clinch because Lang Suan are very dangerous and uh, fighting inside the clinch, especially with the knees. He's legendary about that. He won the first fight. This is the rematch, and I explain like the tactics about that. So yeah, what, check it out. It's, uh, I think it's a very good video. And if you want a similar video to that, I um, still have slots for commissions. You can go to my coffee uh, for only 25 bucks. still 25 bucks for the time being. I'm probably bumping up that to 30 soon. So yeah, but take, take them as you can. And yeah, the next commission will be out this week too. I'm very excited to show my work to you guys. Uh, thank you so much for the support. Always remember that if you want to support the fight site as an ongoing project, you can always support us on Patreon. You get you can get access to our Discord server and also a big catalog of exclusive content that we cannot share anywhere else. Or maybe we can, but we we just don't want to, you know. And finally, uh, wanna I wanna thank our sponsor because the Year Dreams podcast podcast is brought to you by X Marshall. X Martial is a combat sport that brand dedicated to supporting the jiu-jitsu community. Their goal is to create a fun training environment with unique and exciting designs and promote the gym culture we all love. X Martial offers a range of products including rash guards, shorts, spats, geese, streetwear and training equipment. Use code THEFIGHTSIDE to get a 10% discount on your order now. That's the fight site. All caps, no spaces and for the best deals and discounts sign up to the mailing list and follow them at all social medias at X Martial Official. Thank you, Smarsha, for sponsoring us. Thank you for all everyone that listened to this podcast. Really, if you share it with your friends, the, the, the better. Uh, thank you for everyone supporting us on Patreon. And if you want a commission, get in touch with me. If you want more details, just talk to me on Twitter. Just talk to me on Discord. I'm Fenyo, and I will catch you guys on the next one.